It's the Gate 13 Podcast. We're talking about Stanford football. I'm Isaac. And I'm Eric. It's another emergency podcast. Stanford has hired its next football coach, former Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor. Surely you mean the new Bradford M. Freeman director of football? (laughs) We'll talk about Coach Taylor's background and what we know so far about the early days of the Taylor. Are we excited? So far, we're mostly excited because it's pissing off cow fans. <laughs> All right, so Stanford has its new Bradford M. Freeman director of football, uh, Troy Taylor from Sacramento State. We mentioned Taylor uh, a bunch in our last podcast. Yeah. Even even ended by saying I might be optimistic if we if we picked him. So. Yeah. He's our new coach. We got him. Uh, now, who the hell is Troy Taylor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he he was a, a quarterback at Cal uh, in, what, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, it was like 80, 86 to 89 or something yeah. like that. Um, and he set all the passing records that stood at Cal until Jared Goff came along. So he's he's like a legend at Cal. Um for for better or worse, you know, like I I don't really care uh, about that. That's fine <laughs> with me. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. Um, and uh, then he was he was drafted by the the Jets, and he was on their roster for a couple of seasons. Um, and then he's had he's he's been in a, a bunch of different places. He was a grad assistant at Colorado in the mid nineties, and then coached at Cal in the late nineties. Uh, never beat Stanford. I think he Thanks. maybe never beat Stanford as a player either. <laughs> I think I think he I know he as it seemed like an eighty six Cal beat us and so I don't know if he was starting that year or not. Yeah. Uh, there was also I think a tie in nineteen eighty eight. If Wikipedia yeah, is correct, we had yeah. a tie. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's, he's good. he was there. I think one year under Steve Mariucci and then stayed uh, under Tom Holmo Cal. Nice uh, the Holmo era. Classic yeah. classic loser coach at Cal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so then after after Cal, he coached a couple years at Folsom High School, mm-hmm. which he would go back to uh, until 2004. And then he worked as a broadcast. He was the like color analyst for Cal's radio broadcast, I think, yeah. for like 10 years almost. Um, and then went back to Folsom High School in 2012 and coached there until 2015. Uh, and I think this is a situation where I think I don't know if Folsom was good at all, but I think they were not great. I think they were uh, not. Yeah. And he led them to he was they were 58 and three while he was there. Uh, California high school football has confusing divisions and stuff, but I know they won some level of state championship while he was there nope. on their section three times. Uh, fun fact, he coached uh, future Washington quarterback Jake Browning uh, at Folsom High School. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, they also set a bunch of state records for offensive uh, performance, including the most points scored in a season by a Sounds team, nice. which I yeah. think still stands today. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, a, a good high school coaching career, which I feel like is actually very rare <laughs> among yeah. uh, college coaches. Uh, and then following Folsom, he went and he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Eastern Washington. Uh, for just one year in 2016, and the team set all-time FCS records for passing yards and total offense. Pretty good. Uh, quarterback Gage 
Gubbard, Gubbard, <laughs> something like that, who I think maybe transferred to Washington State yeah, afterwards yeah, yeah. at some point. Um, he won FCS Player of the Year and was co-Big Sky MVP or something with his teammate, Cooper Cup, who was also on that team and is now obviously one of the best receivers in the NFL. Right. So uh, pretty good, pretty good uh, run of coaching guys who would go on to success in those two spots. Right. Yeah. And then uh, after that, he was the offensive coordinator at Utah. So uh, some power five uh, experience there. Um, and then there, there's, it's like kind of unclear if he was fired, if he, or if he left on his own, but it sounds like he had kind of a different philosophy uh, from Kyle Whittingham in some way um, that I think has, has been written about in, in Utah press uh, in the past. But, um, you know, he's, he seems like he kind of wants to experiment and, and tinker and do interesting things with offense. And I, you can imagine that not maybe working that well uh, under the, the Whittingham uh, yeah. administration I, there. I think we could also point out that I think Kyle Whittingham and his, uh, he's been at Utah for 15 years or something. Yeah. Uh, he's had like a different offensive coordinator every two years. <laughs> Most <laughs> offensive coordinators do not last more than one year. I think currently Andy Ludwig has been there since 2019 and that is like by far the longest any offensive coordinator has been I mean, at Utah. I, I had no idea you were allowed to fire or replace a, an <laughs> offensive coordinator. I didn't think that was allowed. Um, and then uh, since 2019, uh, Coach Taylor has been the head coach at Sacramento State, um, which had kind of a history of not being relevant at all uh, in FCS football, had never been to the FCS playoffs. Uh, the previous five head coaches over the last 30 years all had losing records. Um, he shows up, they win the Big Sky title, they never, they'd never won it before, uh, and they won or tied for it all three seasons he was there. Uh, don't, we're not counting the 2020 season because of COVID. I think maybe they didn't play at all that season. Um, but uh, they went undefeated in the regular season this year uh, and lost to Incarnate Word in uh, an epic playoff game last <laughs> week. Uh, basketball score, 66-63. Um, again, you're allowed to score 60 points in a game. I don't even know. Mm. Um, but an overall, uh, 789 winning percentage. Is that just regular season or is that, uh, I think that includes, I think that includes playoffs. Okay. So I think Wikipedia has oh, no, got a different number have... here. So it says, yeah, whatever. Sure. it's pretty good. Um, he's, he's had a lot of success at, at Sac state, especially given like Sac state hadn't really done anything before. And it was it was pretty interesting watching you know the reactions from St- Sac State fans on on Twitter and and whatnot. Like they really love the guy, and they're they're sad to see him go, and they're they're going to be pulling for him as he as he goes on because he made this team really good. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's his that's his background. You know, it's not the like. It's not the most extensive uh, resume, you know, like yeah. some of the resumes of guys we're talking about. It's like, you know, Vic Fangio was in the conversation. He's been an NFL uh, coach since uh, like the 60s. I don't know. He's been uh, yeah, forever, so. longer than we've been alive, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, he's been a, 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 an NFL coach since longer than we've been alive. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, compared to some of the other resumes of guys who, who have come up, um, it's not, you know, he doesn't have... Uh, FBS experience as a head coach. He doesn't have power five experience as a head coach. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about like, what do we think of this? What do we think of this hire? Um, you know, we talked a bit, a bit, uh, a bit about the, um, the possibility of hiring coach Taylor in our last episode. And I think we felt fairly positive about it. 
do we still feel positive about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that we we've like we pointed out there was sort of certain has has had experience turning around programs that were right not good, uh, and that is much like when Stanford hired Harbaugh. What yeah. Stanford needs now is a reset and and to build a program back up. Yeah, um, and so I think that experience is good for that. I also think that he has. You know, obviously, if he wasn't successful as an offensive coordinator or whatever at Utah, but having some relatively recent Pac-12 Power 5 experience, it's not like he's never coached uh, at at a higher level. Right, um, right. So both that experience and Cal in the admittedly a long time ago in the 90s, but still something of some experience with college That's players. Right. Yeah. Um, he also talked. So his, we are recording this on Monday, and he had his introductory press conference today, and he talked a lot about culture, it's sort of like uh, culture and competitiveness, yeah, and and things like that in terms of trying to build a winning organization. And I think that is something that we would the the culture of Stanford football as it is now needs to change definitely. Um, yeah, and so I think it's, that yeah. is certainly a positive. Uh, a positive approach and he also the other thing is, I mean he's clearly whatever he does has some sort of offensive success at these levels although I think to point out that despite the 66 <laughs> giving up 66 points in their last game <laughs> uh, the Sacramento State's defense also did improve a lot during the uh, from b- before Taylor's time to while he was there so there's it was not just that they became like an air raid offense, which they also are not. I think they They're ran not, yeah. more than they passed this year. Partly it's when you have big win leads, you do that. But um, yeah. they were, he runs, I think I even talked about this also in his press conference. That is not just, there's not like a specific schematic approach to his offense. And he talked about specifically needing to adapt your offense to the players that you have available and right. their strengths, um, which as we've seen with Stanford football from, you know, the, early 2010s when it was offensive line and running the football to now where you looked at the roster that we had last year and you thought, well, we've got really good wide receiver. (laughs) What we thought would be a really good group of wide receivers and quarterback. And should this be a more passing oriented office offense? And so having a coach that can sort of look, you maybe can't get the exact players you want because there are limitations in recruiting or transfers or whatever at Stanford. Yeah if you can adapt to the players that you can have, then that that's a valuable skill here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He seems like he, he builds a, a winning football culture. Like you said, that's, I mean, that's been missing. Um, this has kind of been a, uh, a complacent football culture for, for, for a while. It feels like the winning is long back in the, the rear view mirror. So, yeah. um, it's great that he has a, a, a track record of success. I think one of the questions that, that people have been asking, um, during this search process and like, obviously leading up to it, would Shaw stay, would he leave? Um, does the Stanford administration care about football enough yeah. to, to try to do anything about this? And I think we were obviously worried, you know, we don't, we didn't know if coach Shaw was going to leave that, like we would just continue on, <laughs> like, as we were talking about every episode yeah. this season and last, um, but like my, my, I've been kind of feeling like Stanford, like Muir going and hiring coach Taylor 
indicates that yeah, Stanford does care about football. You know, there yeah. was the um, there's kind of the question of like, oh, should they have hired uh, Jason Garrett? There was a, a lot going on. With, like Jason <laughs> yeah. Garrett was on <laughs> campus, former Cowboys coach. You know, he was he was on campus. He was spotted. It was in it was in the news on it's ESPN. Like on ESPN like, in the athletic. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jason Garrett's a finalist, and like that's a pretty big name to have out there. The second longest tenured coach in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas freaking Cowboys. You know, that's a big deal. That hits the news. He's a you know a household name essentially for NFL fans, um, and so it can seem maybe like oh we're going to take this FCS guy instead. Like what does that say? But like I think that it's it says very much that Muir at least is demonstrating that he does care about football, and the university yeah. is demonstrating they care about football. If they didn't care, they could have just promoted Tavita or Lance. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like they could have done any number of dumb things. Yeah. To say that the status quo is fine, we don't need to change anything and not change anything. And instead they went out and hired a guy who has a track record of building football programs to yeah. have a winning culture and have success and score a ton of points. And that seems to me like a, like a really good thing. Yeah. You know, I, mean, like, I think they also, they could have, you know, if it was hey, there, some people of like, Oh, they, when Jason Garrett posted a tweet about like him turning down Stanford, unclear if that is him saving face or, uh, and after he got rejected or actually whatever, but like yeah. some people saying like, Oh, Stanford lowballed him or something. So he turned it down and was like, I don't like, I don't think we have you, no idea. Like you, yeah. one, nobody has any idea, we but also no idea. why would you, you don't bring like before the guy flies out for a final interview. I'm sure there had been some discussion of like, this is like, it's not like they would have thought, Oh, Jason Garrett's going to take $200,000 to have the, to do yeah, this right, job. Right. Right. If they'd known if like, if that was some, they could have easily chosen Troy Taylor at the very beginning and not done the week and a half, two week search, whatever, and had finalists that they brought on campus. They could have just picked, Oh, he's the FCS guy who's here. Like Harbaugh. The fact that they, did explore coaches who were from different levels and that yeah. kind of thing. It shows that they were putting in some effort to try and right. find a coach they thought would actually be able to do something for this team. Right. Yeah. And the whole thing with, with Jason Garrett, I think that like that tweet, maybe that's a little unnecessary. He could have just like not said anything or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, I visited Stanford, you know, that was a, a finalist for the job there. And, but like, you can understand like, yeah, okay. He's got to like kind of maintain his brand as this like kind of big deal NFL guy. Yeah. Um, it, it is a little bit silly that he like tweets that out just so oh, I'll let you know, like, well, I'm coming back to be a broadcaster <laughs> for Notre Dame games. And everyone's like, you, like no one needed to know that really, <laughs> but he has to kind of like maintain that, that brand or whatever. I, you know, I don't, it, it doesn't really bother me. And I, I don't, I'm not as, I feel like I'm not as bothered by, um, the athletic department bringing him on campus and then like, I don't know, publicly rejecting him or whatever, however people are interpreting that. Yeah. Like what? It's a job interview. I know, you know, it's like, these guys are professionals. They know how this works. You know, you go and you interview for the job and like, yeah, sometimes you don't get it. So, um, I don't know the, uh, so the, the other thing we mentioned, uh, in the intro is that Cal fans are super pissed off about this. As far as we can tell, I don't know if this is like all Cal fans or what, um, that they, uh, feel like they're stuck with Justin Wilcox and we got the guy that they wanted, the Cal legend. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, that's funny more than anything else that like, it, yeah. I don't, it's not like a, a huge plus or whatever. Like it's, I think it's, 
it is interesting that you know Troy Taylor, Cal legend, worked for Cal, played at Cal, would like put on all the Stanford gear and be like, "Now us is Stanford." When he's talking yeah. about like what we do, he's talking about Stanford, and it's just a reminder like this is a business. This is not like a. Like not everyone has these like deeply personal feelings about some other random university. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to be like, yeah, I want to beat you guys in football, but I don't hate you. I, I think it's also sure he's he, someone sort of asked him about this in the press conference and he said something along the lines of like, you know, he sort of laughed it off, didn't answer directly, but did make a comment of like, look, the Cal experience and the players at Cal are not too dissimilar from the culture and players at Stanford and that like, right. look, there is, it is a more academically minded school. There may have been stretches in the uh, 2000s, maybe where Cal's <laughs> academic standards for players were a little bit lower, but he basically <laughs> said like, th- that is actually not that dissimilar experience to coming to Stanford and like working with kids who have a, have a slightly higher academic interest right. in a university that has some level of academic standards that's higher and, and that right. has a, well-known academic brand out there and the way you like i'm sure that if you're thinking about how do you pitch come play at this school the like the cows got to make the same kind of pitch that stanford does of like well we've got better academics than going to play at usc right right. (laughs) you will challenge yourself academically yeah yeah exactly so there is there is overlap there as much as cal fans would hate to admit that or Stanford or some Stanford fans. Maybe like Stanford people and Cal people are way more similar than either side seems to want to admit. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I, I take as I'm hopeful that this will change a little bit, um, with a non Stanford alum as coach is we can stop hearing maybe about the, some of the Stanford man crap about how like, Oh, these are Stanford men. They don't need to be motivated. They are self-motivating geniuses, uh, Renaissance men who are, um, above everything like can we stop doing that that arrogant stuff about how stanford is yeah. so special and it's like such a unique and it's like the players are so unique and, and all this it's like yeah they're great they're great dudes we love them <laughs> we pull for them but like can we stop pretending that we are so special and just build a damn football team you know <laughs> just make the team win you know, like it doesn't have yeah. to be this like special magical thing um, so I'm hopeful that that changes a little also ties into another thing that is maybe a positive of him is his experience relatively recently of coaching high school in California is that yeah. like California, Northern California, not as much as Southern California, but the state as a whole is a, there's a lot of football recruits in the state. And so while he might not have as many recruiting connections, uh, from like FBS football, if he does have high school connections, with people all over the state of California that certainly gives him an insight into where he can find recruits and relationship with high school football coaches and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, They also did in the press conference touched a little bit on transfer stuff and he made, he obviously didn't, again, somebody asked him pretty directly and he not surprisingly could not give a super direct answer, but he did comment that it was something along the lines of there are academically qualified like we can't let anyone into the transfer portal, but there are academically qualified football players out there. <laughs> we got to go get them. Which is, yeah. which seen, and we have seen in the last couple of weeks that um, sort of uh, administrators within the Stanford Athletic Department have been following potential transfers on Twitter, and there's yeah. been some interest. Is maybe Stanford is going to say, oh, okay, look, if these <laughs> these kids can't apply and transfer, and that's okay. 
Yeah. That'd be great. Which I think, and that is, I think, the biggest maybe next question is how much does the university support Taylor in his in in kind of the resources he needs to rebuild the football program in the way that Harbaugh right. was pretty well supported by the university in in two thousand seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully there is kind of a, a hunger there to make changes and do what's necessary to win, which feels like maybe it's been lacking where it's sort of like it had been this sense of we do what we do and it works and it wins games. Yeah. And then eventually it just didn't win any games anymore. Now it can be kind of like breath of fresh air. Let's take a fresh look. Let's see what needs to be done to, to survive and succeed in, yeah. in this new, in this new era um, that was maybe a little slow to develop or lacking um, previously. So um, I would say, you know, if we're asking like overall, do we think this is a good hire? I know I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm like, I'm excited to see what happens. I assume we're going to suck next year, no matter what <laughs> we're probably going <laughs> like, to, we're probably going to suck next year, but you know what? We kind we sucked, uh, Harbaugh's first couple years, that's except right. for the crazy upset. Yeah. Uh, lots of other coaches that we now were on people's wish list, like Jonathan Smith at Oregon state. Did not have a winning season his first three years and yeah. now is yeah. nine and three and just signed an extension for basically a lifetime contract. Yeah, 30 million years. bucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I think that is we'll suck next year, but I am excited. I'm excited to see a better offense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe some some willingness to experiment a little more. Um, <laughs> speaking of, of you know, resources and changes and sucking next year. Um, do we think there's any chance that anyone on staff is kept? Um, we can start with, so as of, again, we're recording Monday night. We know a couple of people have been let go. Uh, yeah. So wide receivers coach Bobby Kennedy uh, is gone. Strength and conditioning coach uh, Colin Carroll announced that he was uh, leaving as well. And offensive line coach Terry Heffernan is leaving. That's an interesting situation because also today, uh, they announced that Clayton Adams, uh, the Colts, Indianapolis Colts offensive line coach, uh, is coming in as our offensive line coach. Or I guess yeah. he's actually he was an assistant offensive line coach with the Colts, then the tight ends coach. Yeah, and he had he had um, I believe played at Boise State uh, under yeah. under Chris Peterson, um, and he's I think he might be from Sacramento. Uh, might have read that. Yeah, I know that um, he also he was he'd been a coach under Mike McIntyre, the San Jose State oh, right, coach, right. who was at Colorado. So he coached at Colorado under McIntyre. Um, so again, has sort of what you would well what you would want if you were writing down uh, things you'd look for in an assistant coach are. Oh, some Power Five, Pac-12 experience, some NFL experience, right? Uh, experience under a really good coach. And there's speculation that maybe I, Peterson. I think Taylor had said that Peterson is a mentor, and they might know each other. I don't know if they ever work together, but know, yeah. we might see other guys from the Chris Peterson coaching tree. Uh, right. I think there, are, there, are, there are some some Stanford fans out there who would only have been happy with Chris Peterson being hired as the head coach. So hopefully, they will be satisfied a little bit with uh with some some peterson uh disciples uh on yeah. the staff um and then we've also uh seen someplace i don't know if it was on the boards or something like that that uh defensive coordinator lance anderson is also not going to be on the new staff i don't know if he was um, offered any other position he's been pretty key to recruiting for quite a while and so there was some speculation that maybe he would stick around in some recruiting role but it sounds like he will not be on 
on the staff going forward. At least that's as far as we know. Um, as we've said in previous episodes, we have no connections <laughs> or inside information of any kind. No, so, no sources uh, here. No sources. Uh, yeah. Taylor, there was another thing Taylor did say in his press conference, though, is that his plan is to bring in a fantastic defensive coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll it sounded you. like they were, he's going to be looking for I'd probably not bringing the his i think there were like three of his assistants at sacramento state who are apparently fine for the sacramento state head coaching job uh uh, including the defensive coordinator i don't think he will be bringing the defensive coordinator with him but might see you know another nfl guy or some other coordinator we might be surprised by the level i was surprised that on day one we were hiring uh colt's offensive coach to be our offensive line coach so maybe we'll have some more positive surprises like that yeah yeah. we'll definitely be uh looking out for it so i don't know it's exciting we got a new guy and uh time to overhaul this thing and start winning some games yeah do do, do we is there anyone you would want to keep on staff uh (laughs) no i'm fine with everything starting over yeah I, i want i want i would like it if coach taylor is given all of the leeway necessary to make all the changes that he wants and um, that nobody's job is sacred um, because he's, he's got to be able to, if, if part of this is overhauling the culture of the football program, he's got to be able to do that. And that sucks for, for people who have been at Stanford for a long time to be asked to move on. Um, you know, you don't want anybody getting kicked out of their, their campus housing or whatever, but like, <laughs> It's it's time to time to start over. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach Taylor calls his own plays, so Tavita does have lots of experience as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> he doesn't get to do anything. <laughs> Could be a good guy to keep. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's all we got for this emergency episode. Music by Super Dave. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Gate Thirteen Podcast, or you can send an email to Gate Thirteen Podcast at gmail we may or may not be back for an episode during the offseason. I guess we can't end the podcast now that we have a new coach. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, can't end the podcast. <laughs>